Okay, for our first message this morning, it will be brought to us by Mr. David Hope, and it's entitled, Making Personal Bible Study Interesting. Thank you, Mr. Witt. Good afternoon, everyone. We really are into fall now. The calendar said it's been fall for quite a while now, since before the feast, but at my house last night was the first time we've had a frost that I know of this year. And it uh, looks like we'll have a lot of leaves on our trees for Thanksgiving this year, which is pretty unusual for northeastern Oklahoma this time of year. But boy, that cold air, if you're not used to it, it'll really nip you. But it's beautiful. I love the fall weather. You know, it seems that the majority of the world think that it's a waste of time to read or even study the Bible, the Word of God. A lot of people think it's just a waste of time. They feel that the Bible is outdated impractical for this modern age. Most of us here don't really feel that way. Most of us really feel quite differently about the Word of God and, and about studying the Word of God. We understand the importance of the Bible, of, of studying the Bible, personal Bible study, how it contributes to our spiritual growth and to our correction, our better person, how personal Bible study can add wisdom and make life more successful for us and that it can strengthen us and give us faith and give us hope. And we could go on and on and on on the benefits that we perceive as being uh, benefits of personal Bible study. And like some of my messages, I plan on keeping it short again, but we'll see. Uh, in spite of some of the benefits, and most of us know that, but Sometimes we can get to the point where Bible study is not quite as interesting. We realize that we need to, buy, we need to have personal Bible study on a daily basis. We, you know, we've been taught that. I think the old timers had been taught years ago, you know, we've got the, the big four, you know, prayer and Bible study and meditation and, and uh, what's the other one? <laughs> Bible study, fasting, I'm sorry. <laughs> and all, all four of those are, are important. And uh, though we don't try to put time limits on people, and, and, and at one time, uh, which I think the, the principle was good, they, they recommended back when Steve and us and a lot of the older people were in the church, they, they said, you know, a good thing, a person ought to study at least 30 minutes a day, Bible study, you know, along with your prayer. And, and uh, uh, we, would, we would struggle, a lot of us, and, and that's not a rule, but that's just something that they, they said, and, and they said, and that's in... A, addition to the plain truth, the good news, and the articles, and other things, you know, a person really needs to do that. So, you know, we felt, well, that's, that's okay, but, you know, we did benefit by doing that, whether we did it or not, and we were taught uh, the scriptures that, you know, there's nothing permanent about a spiritual mind and a physical body. You know, we can, we can have God's Holy Spirit but we can allow it to dwindle out over a period of time just from neglect, you know, just from allowing it. Not that we're going to immediately become criminals or anything else, but we, we can, and I think most of you realize that, you know, uh, we can become weaker at times when, when we're not as close to God, when we don't do our personal Bible study. 
along with our prayer and our meditation and even fasting. So today I'd like to discuss some of the ways that we can help make personal Bible study more interesting. I'm going to start off with uh, uh, Psalms 19. Psalm, you already got it. Psalm 19, verse 7 through 9. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. If you're like me, you know, I'm, I'm part of the simple. I think some of us are part of the simple. And some of the decisions we make, I probably wouldn't make had I not been convicted of uh, some of these things that I come across in the Word of God and personal Bible study. Verse 8, statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. A lot of this we won't get unless we do personal Bible study, and of course our messages too. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold. And sometimes that's a little hard for us to understand, especially if we're new in the faith and you think, well, how, how, how is this word of God? How are these principles better than the money I make on my job and, you know, all of that? But the longer we're around, the more we understand. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, you know, uh, sweeter also than the honey and honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And sometimes we need to ponder, meditate on some of these things, you know. I wonder how that could be. What, what's the ramifications? What's the possibility? So a lot of times in our personal Bible study, if we have, if, if we're not a young mother and have kids all around us nagging at us, that, you know, sometimes we can take the time to, to um, ponder and think about these things. And it's always good that, and I think a lot of our young men do that for their wives. They take, uh, make sure their wives have uh, personal Bible study themselves. They have time to be away from the children and do that. And I'm really particularly uh, excited. I don't know if we're to be excited, but I'm, I'm really pleased with the uh, Bible study that the women are having right now. This is a you, you say this, this is personal Bible study for them. It's group Bible study, but it gives them a lot of personal Bible study. And, and my wife, a lot of times, will go over some of that stuff with me. And so I, sometimes I end up with a personal Bible study on some of these things. And she was going over some of it that they had this week. And uh, just, just as a byproduct, there was one place that she was even given the Apostle Paul uh, credence with uh, observing the annual holy days, you know, just kind of vicariously in her presentation that she, she kind of felt that uh, uh, Paul, was, or not felt that she knew, Paul was keeping the, the annual high days and she mentioned examples. And sometimes we need to do that in our own examples, especially when we're talking with someone and, and need to defend our own doctrines. One of the things, I'm going into another point, main thing, or one of the main things, and I would recommend 
study with a purpose. This, this will be beneficial and helpful to you. We all have different interests. We all have different things going on in our mind. And some people have a tendency to gravitate in their personal Bible study more to one area of the Bible, or not an area, but one topic or something uh, that uh, others may not do. Uh, not, but on the other hand, sometimes we'll focus in on some of those. Uh, some people are really good with prophecy, you know, they understand history and, and how history and the Bible will go together. Uh, I have an understanding of what I know, what I've heard, what I've read years ago, and what people have preached to me. But for me to get up here and start talking about some of the prophecy and, and, and some of these kings and time periods and all of that, that's not my bag. You know, we've got people out here that can do that, and we have articles. Uh, not that sometimes I take, I, I will take a personal Bible study and try to get into this a little bit. You know, what is this Daniel, whatever it is? What's all these things mean? But, uh, and there's time for that. Uh, doctrines, you know, some people are very, very good on doctrines. And I have a little more of a, I guess you would say, an interest in, in the doctrinal things. And I do some of the things, especially our doctrines, the things that were so different than the world's churches. Uh, not that I'm all that good at it, but I'm, I have more interest in that line than I do some other things. Uh, Self-improvement. You know, there are times that uh, we all need to work on things, and, or we're looking at the scripture in the light of self-improvement. We'll cross-reference things and, and uh, try to find as much uh, information as we can on how to overcome a particular problem. Encouragement. You know, the Bible is a tremendous tool for encouragement. How many of you don't raise your hand necessarily, but how many of you have had problems lately, you know, or maybe even in a problem right now that you really, really need encouragement, just like the, some of the people on our prayer list really need encouragement. Confirmation. Sometimes we'll do Bible study because we want to rehash maybe some of the things that we proved ourselves. Sometimes I'll go back and and just make sure, is this really what I believe, or is this really the best way to explain it? Uh, faith. Personal Bible study can contribute to our building of our faith, and on and on and on and on. So, but anyway, but have generally to be more successful at it and make it more enjoyable is, is to have a purpose, have a, something that we want to understand, that we want to gain from our Bible study. And just to read to be reading, I'd almost soon read the telephone book or something as I would just be reading just for no good reason. I would give you a few suggestions on too. And what the very first one I'm going to give is one of the things that they had taught us or preached to us many years ago. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you have to do that, thou shalt take notes, you know, and I'm not going to say you're not, you're a bad person if you don't take notes. That's just one thing, if you're, if you're uh, simple, like the scripture over there said, like I am, sometimes I have to take notes. And uh, I forget the percentages, if I'd had my notes here, I would know what percentage of uh, uh, a lecture or something a person will retain a few hours from now and so much less that you'll understand tomorrow. Reg probably has all these already clicking back of his head, but, but we do lose a lot. 
But I've had people even come up to me, you know, a week or so later after message, what was that scripture that you said, you know, I want to do? And, and I've done the same thing. Maybe I didn't take uh, quite the notes. Maybe I was walking around a parking lot with my earphones on listening to a sermon. I didn't have, didn't take notes. And so if my wife didn't have it in her notes, I wouldn't know. But anyway, uh, taking notes is a good way in conjunction if you, uh, some, someone will spark a thought, an idea. Uh, I get ideas all the time from the men up here speaking when I'm out here and, and I'll take notes and, and I'll even highlight certain things and even maybe a question mark and even put a comment here. That way I can study on something later. Maybe I'm not really interested in anything particular, but that's in, you know, it, it gives me something more to study on. One thing we can do is look at other translations of the Bible. You know, a lot of us uh, grew up and cut our teeth, so to speak, on the King James Bible. And I still do most of my study on that, basically because a lot of the study helps are geared from the King James. You know, your strong concordance and the numbers that you hear the people mention up here, they come from the strongs, either the Old Testament or New Testament. And you'll hear, well, numbers such and such and such and such, you know. Uh, 76, 76, you know, in the Old Testament, that means the weekly Sabbath generally. And, and they'll say, well, okay, and, and they'll have sabbatism. Or, I, don't, I don't remember all of them. We'll have it down. But, you know, 76, 77, well, that's a different. It's just one number different. But that means uh, a high day, a special high day, you know, things of this nature. And uh, that, that's why I like to uh, do the bulk of my study on the uh, King James, but a lot of the other uh, uh, translations can really enhance. I'm going to get a sip of water here. I'm talking fast. The steam's coming out. I had this problem down at the feast at Branson. I was speaking, and and uh, we didn't have a pitcher of water, but there was a bottle of water under the lectern here, and I said, "Whose water is this? I need a drink." And it was Lucille's. So I went ahead and drank it anyway, but she didn't have any up here this time. But anyway, uh, uh, sometimes the, the uh, other translations will help clarify something. And you'll notice a lot of times in, in the King James Version, uh, you'll have words that may be in italics or, or something of this nature. And, and generally, depending on what Bible you have, will tell you that this word should be something else, you know. Uh, I'll just take, for instance, and be real simple about it. In, in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, it talks about, uh, we call it the love chapter in the New Testament. And it says, charity is such and such, and charity is in such and such. Well, if you're a new person to study that, you think, well, I give charity to John 3.16. I give charity to Salvation Army. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, but... You know, we understand that the old 1611 King James English is a little different. Uh, the word, well, I won't get into this word, has, has a totally different corrupt meaning now than what it did back then. Uh, but some other common, I mean, uh, translations can be beneficial. Uh, sometimes they can be very off, too. We just have to understand that, you know, do a lot of studying and... Uh, Commentaries a lot of times can be uh, beneficial and helpful, and uh, you know to help your Bible study be interesting. 
and I know some of you will probably think that's odd coming from me, saying a commentary is good, simply because I've said some bad things about some of them, you know, some of the messages in the past, and you think, well, you're, you're really arrogant, you think you know more than they do, you know, these guys have studied this stuff for years, and and uh, you're a carpet cleaner, you've worked in these factories and all this, and you, you think you're smarter than, you know, uh, all these commentaries. I think, yeah, in some ways. <laughs> I think when it comes to the point to where uh, God has given us understandings of, of the Bible, and, and especially when it comes to uh, the perverting of, of, of the doctrines that we know is true, and you talk about the Sabbath, and and, uh, and my biggest gripe, I guess, you've heard me complain about this in the past, is uh, in Revelation where John's having that vision on Sunday morning. I was in spirit on the Lord's Day. And they, they tell you nearly everyone I've seen says that was Sunday, the first day of the week, and they were in an ecstasy. They couldn't be in... Um, uh, church services that day, but God's Spirit was could be there with them any time. Then they immediately give you a chain reference over to some of the other scriptures in the New Testament that they pervert and put along and say this is the same first day of the week they were talking about. You, I get wound up when I come to that. So, yes, in that area, I think I do no more than they do. So, forgive my arrogance, but but they are helpful. They are helpful, and. and um, uh, you know, to understand what was going on at the time and what some of those things are. So, so it's, it's good to have commentaries. Now, used to, it was, to, in order to do a lot of in-depth Bible study, you really had to have a lot of money or something because a lot of, a lot of books, you know, the commentaries, the dictionaries, and encyclopedias, and all of this, they were pretty, pretty expensive. But now, a lot of your Bible programs that you can even get on your own uh, cell phone even have uh, several Bible translations, several commentaries, several encyclopedias. So studying the Bible now, and I've mentioned before, is not really that big of a deal so far as being a scholar and you know having all this stuff. And uh, so anyway, having having good research material helps to do that. Uh, Sometimes uh, some suggestions might be uh, to go back if it's been a while, reprove our doctrines. You know, if, if you're a little rusty on it, reprove. You know, how do you explain all of these scriptures and, and all the scriptures that we have, the, many of the Protestants and the Catholics and other organizations, and I don't mean to be mean to them, but uh, many of them have their proof texts and they'll they make it really sound good, really sound good that, you know, that the law's done away, the unclean meat's done away, this and that and everything. And, uh, you know, do you, do you know how to prove our doctrines? Do you know how to, to prove that? We've got a lot of booklets over here that go into a lot of that. Uh, we have stuff on the Internet, online. Uh, some of our other churches of God have literature too, United, and several other groups have uh, free literature that we can get. And uh, there may come a time where we need to explain some of these things. I was uh, talking to a gentleman yesterday that works out at the senior citizen, not senior citizen, but uh, the old folks uh, workout deal at the gym. You know, what do you call it, Silver Lead or something? I don't know what it is, but 
uh, three days a week. And there's one gentleman that works out there with us on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that goes to one of the other Seventh-day churches that don't keep the holy days. And I mentioned to him the other day, I said, hey, oh, so-and-so said hi to you the other day. I saw him. And he said, well, he said, well, he may not come back to your church anymore, uh, especially after what our minister said. And uh, I hope none of them hear this and they don't know who I'm talking about. But uh, I said, well, what do you mean? He said, oh, well, he, he disproved these holy days, you know, that you don't have to do them. And he said, and he and he cho- and he looked and he gave you these scriptures in the Bible. And I didn't take the time. Well, I didn't have the time to really talk to him. I don't want to argue with him, but uh, I'd like to know what scriptures is he using and how's he using these scriptures to disprove that 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 we don't keep the holy days. So you know, can you do that? Uh, I'm going to get better at it, and I'm going to, and hopefully this coming week I'll have a chance to talk to him and, and it'll give me something else to study but sometimes uh, we need to reprove him my wife and I had uh, uh, gotten away from the church there several years ago you know 20 plus years ago we got away and was gone for a few years and before we came back or while we were coming back we took every one of our basic doctrines and went through them again to see if we could prove them you know with our own mind not without uh, not with any outside influences. If you don't understand this, you're not very converted, you know. And, and uh, I wanted to prove it to myself to f- see if this is really true. So those are good, good things to do is to bone up on our own doctrines and our own articles. Uh, if you go with me to Second Peter, the first chapter... Second Peter, the first chapter, in verse one through ten. <clears throat> Excuse me. Would say hi, mom, but I'll say hi to my wife and anybody else at home that's uh, bed not bedfast, but homebound today. First Peter, first chapter. Or Second Peter, I'm sorry, did I say first? Okay, yeah, the deal says second. Second Peter, first chapter, verse one through ten. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we all have received like faith. And just a side point, and I'll mention it again in a minute. You know, he's talking about uh, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. No mention about the Holy Spirit in this particular thing. If the Holy Spirit was a, a, a person, you know, he, he might feel a little slighted. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge that you get through study and hearing of God and of Jesus our Lord. No mention of the Holy Spirit. How come he slighted the Holy Spirit? According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge that partially comes through personal Bible study of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption 
that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. And all of these things that are mentioned in here can be a particular individual Bible study. In verse 6, and to knowledge, temperance, and temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity, or as we said, uh, love, and, and the other versions. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things, and probably because we haven't done enough Bible study, first of Bible study, could be, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence, study really hard, to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. So that's a pretty good guarantee, I think. If we do all of these things, add all of these things, we're diligently working on all of these things, uh, we're pretty well guaranteed that we're not going to fall because we're, we're trying very difficult, very hard. And it's good to meditate on all of these. Uh, we'll go over to 1 Timothy fourth chapter. Well these guys on the video are really good. They're fast today. First Timothy four chapter one through six. See I may skip a few. Okay. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, and most people feel that this is the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. How do we know what doctrines of devils are. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having her conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Can we, can we explain these, these particular things? Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Can we explain those individually and be convincing? We know that the others out there, they have their proof text how, how you know, tell you how this does away with, with uh, uh, the clean meats and unclean meats, I'm saying. Everything's okay. Uh, we, we need to be able to prove those things. Uh, what verse did I? Okay, verse 4, I guess. Sometimes I get sidetracked. For every creature of God is good. So, you know, snakes and skunks and rabbits and possums and all this. Every creature of God is good. You know that, don't you? That's what this is saying, according to some. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. Man, that's, I don't have to worry. I can eat all the pepperoni pizza I want now and the sausage and the Canadian bacon and Man, well, that's quite a relief. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And this is one that I think I preached on here a while back. Somebody else did too. Uh, these are some things. 
Uh, if, if we're a little rusty on that, might, might be a good idea. Maybe, maybe it's not important to you, but uh, might be a good idea. You might help somebody to understand that. If, here, here's uh, uh, Paul telling Timothy, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, and we try to do that occasionally, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. And like I said a while ago about our, our women's Bible study, you know, I think they're doing a tremendous job on, on some of that. Uh, uh, and I, I think I've mentioned, well, let me just finish. You know, Till I come, verse 13, I'm skipping a little bit, I think. Yeah, I'm skipping down to verse 13. Uh, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I'm skipping down now to 15 because of time. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. And that word meditate, uh, I didn't put down the uh, uh, English, uh, the Strong's number on that, but, and, and the word, but in, in essence, it means revolving in your mind. You meditate, you revolve this stuff in your mind. Uh, you know, you ponder it. it it's almost like putting a, a, loss, a sucker or something in your mouth, you know, and walling it around, you know. You, you taste different parts of it, wall it around, you feel a crack in it, or if it's a piece of candy, you can feel the nuts. You know, you wall it around in your mind, not your mouth, but in your mind. You think about it, and you ponder it, and you, you look at all the different applications, how these things could happen, you know. Meditation is more than just sitting there idle. Meditation is constructive thinking. Uh, verse 16, take heed unto yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. Do you understand that? Take heed to yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing so, this you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. And personal Bible study has a great part to do with these things. Not that it's a guarantee, but it's a big help. And some of these little small principles I give can be helpful to us to um, enhance our Bible study. And in conclusion, you know, you may never know just how powerful and how beneficial your personal Bible study today will be tomorrow. You don't, you'll never know how important today's Bible study may be tomorrow and when you'll use it 